Welcome to the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. My name is Jeanette Cochran. I'm a pastor, women's leadership coach, and self-proclaimed Jesus feminist. I'm on a mission to inspire and equip women everywhere to own our voice, speak up, create, and lead wherever God calls. Because when women rise, everyone wins. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have another empowering and hopefully informative discussion. Today's conversation is inspired by an article that I read on HBR, written by Amy Deal and Leanne Dubinsky. I hope I've pronounced her name right. I might be chopping it, but I'm doing the best I can. Um, The article is entitled, When People Assume You Are Not in Charge Because You're a Woman. Deal and Dubinsky have even coined a new term for this behavior. They call it role incredulity. Role incredulity is a form of gender bias where women are mistakenly assumed to be in a support role or a stereotypical female role rather than a leadership or stereotypical male role. So for example, the doctor, the female doctor who is uh, mistaken to be the nurse or the female CEO who is thought to be the administrative assistant. Or it could be the um, lawyer at the networking event who is thought to be the wife or the girlfriend. In my role as executive pastor, on more than one occasion, people have mistaken me for the lead pastor's wife. And it would look something like this. Newcomers to our church would make comments to me or they would ask me questions or sometimes they would ask these questions to our lead pastor, Mark. And those questions and comments would reveal to us that they assumed that we were married. <laughs> now, honestly, that's, this was very awkward and quite honestly uncomfortable at times. So it's an honest mistake, though, right? Um, but it's a common mistake. Why? Well, because it's a gender bias rooted in a stereotypical idea that um, a woman's leadership authority is somehow based on her relationship to the man in charge, which has unfortunately been the reality for so many of our churches and Christian ministries for so long. Women did not exercise leadership and influence Unless maybe, and this is still a maybe, they were married to the lead pastor. At denominational meetings or conferences, I have been mistaken as the assistant. I can't tell you how many times I've introduced myself to male pastors and witnessed the surprise in their eyes. We know this is a real thing in the Christian church. But it doesn't just happen to female pastors. It happens in lots of different places. It happens in other work industries. I think of my sister-in-law who told me how, um, as the project manager for a construction company, when she walks a job site with her boss, who is also the CEO, she says, I'm usually ignored, or people just assume that I'm his assistant, when in fact, She's there because she's the project manager for the job. I asked my daughter, Shannon, 
if this ever happens to her. She is a young and upcoming leader in her field. She's the senior marketing manager at a tech company. And her response to me was like, oh, yes, all the time. In fact, it happened just yesterday. (laughs) And so she proceeded to tell me um, what her experience was. And, And this is a great example of how this happens in large ways and sometimes in small ways. So she was at a conference where uh, she brought a team there, I should say, to this conference. They were marketing one of their products. And so they had a booth there. And she was in charge of the team. She had chosen the team. She had trained the team on how to uh, talk and sell their product. She brought all of the materials that were needed. She organized talks at the conference. So she was the leader for her organization as the senior marketing manager. Now, she's at the booth, just her and one of her male co-workers, and one of the conference organizers walks up to the booth to give some really important information that their team needed to know. And this particular man just walks up to the other man and starts talking to him as if he's the leader. Well, quickly, he realizes this is not my job, nor do I know what he's talking about. Like, this is not for me. And he says, oh, that is Shannon. You need to talk to Shannon who is the leader here. Uh, She was the one in charge. But now, honest mistake again. But it just does beg the question, why did the gentleman not walk up and just first of all ask, hey, who should I give this information to? Who's in charge? Instead, he went directly to the man right? Role in credulity, assuming, oh, the man is the one that should have this information. He's the one that's going to be an authority to take care of it. I also hear of this happening a lot, even in positions that are not official work positions and titles, right? So this would be like the couple who's at Home Depot shopping for a new appliance and the salesman looks at the husband and is giving all of his energy and time and attention to trying to answer the husband's questions and sell the product to the husband. And the wife is kind of being ignored there, despite the fact that she probably, in many situations, has a bigger influence on what their purchase is going to be. Or I've heard women tell me how this happens to them at the car dealership when they're trying to buy a car. And maybe it's the car that she's going to be the one driving the most, but the salesman spends all his time and energy looking the husband in the eye, talking to the male in the relationship, and the women oftentimes feel like they're being completely ignored. This is role in credulity, where it's assumed that the one who's the leader, the one with the authority, the one who's got the most influence and is going to make the decision is the man, not the woman. Now, role incredulity may seem harmless. I mean, it's not intentional. It's a mistake, and we all make mistakes. And so I'm not here to talk about this to say, oh, woe is us, us poor women victims, Um, We don't get acknowledged the way we should. That's not where I want to go with this conversation. Because honestly, I don't think that really is who we are. We are not victims as women. We are very competent. We are able to exercise our gifts. And we are able to stand up for ourselves in a lot of situations, I believe. So I'm not here to shame people for their mistakes. But I bring this up because I realize this is an important topic that we need to talk about. This is a real phenomenon. And it's not inconsequential. It actually does harm women and organizations. 
because role incredulity is a subtle gender bias that creates obstacles for women and it contributes to gender inequality in our organizations, in our churches, in our world. You see, in these kinds of situations, women first have to manage our own emotions because it can be incredibly frustrating and at times demoralizing, right? And so oftentimes we as women, we have to be the bigger emotionally mature person because we experience these things again and again to not let it bring us down. We also have to expend extra time and energy proving ourselves that we're qualified, that we are the leader and we're capable. And we have to do it all with a smile on our face. I'll never forget the time a male pastor at a conference asked me, how did you get the title of pastor? How did that happen? Now, friends, I am quoting. Those were the exact questions he asked me. I'm not kidding. How did that happen that you got the title of pastor? So in this situation, I very quickly internally was like, okay, what is he getting at? Is he asking me to defend my worth and my capabilities theologically? Like, is this a biblical debate that he wants me to have with him? Or does he want me to explain how I am trained and skilled? Do I actually have the qualifications? Did I put in the work? I can almost guarantee that he did not ask any of the men in the room that question, only me. (laughs) And so in this situation, I just said to him, well... I sensed God's call on my life to pastoral leadership. I enrolled in seminary to learn and grow and complete my degree. I applied for the position and I was selected for the job, (laughs) right? I mean, that is a similar story to the men in the room. I mean, so right out of the gate, we as women often have so much more work to do than our male counterparts to prove ourselves again and again. For some women, let me just say, let's, let's just go there, right? In, in some churches and Christian ministries, women are intentionally not given the title for the job that they do. They are doing the work and they are qualified to do the work, but they are not given the same title as their male counterparts because they are women, And that creates so much confusion. Oftentimes that creates more difficulties and challenges than women really need to be able to do their job and to do it well, because they right out of the gate, they have to set the the foundation for their credibility and their competence where oftentimes their male counterparts don't. And I just, I want to talk about this a little bit here because I think it's unfortunate Oftentimes, women in Christian ministry are told, you know, it's not about the title. So stop worrying about not having the title and just do what God has called you to. And that is true. Women do not step into leadership, or at least I've never met a woman that wants to lead and live into her calling because she's just bent on having some title of authority. That is not it at all. But titles do give clarity. 
Titles do tell someone what someone's authority and what their role is. Titles do let people know where the boundaries are and what you're called to do. And so we're not asking for something out of pride or arrogance. We as women are asking for the same thing that our male counterparts have. We just want to have the same resources because an honest title is a resource to help you do your job. Role incredulity is a real thing. And when we as women in Christian ministry and churches are called to do a job and we're not even given the accurate title that reflects the job that we are responsible to do, that just creates so much more hardship and barriers and challenges that are really unnecessary. Deal and Dubinsky write, within organizations... Role incredulity serves to maintain gender inequity and thwarts the benefits of an inclusive workforce. When only a certain profile or type of employee, typically white male, is seen as capable of expressing authority or exercising leadership, the organization misses out on the wisdom and perspectives of unrepresented groups. So this happens in all kinds of industries, not only in the church and in other uh, male-dominated industries, also in industries that are not male-dominated. Did you know that row incredulity also happens in Bible translations? Women in our Bible have been victims of row incredulity. A prominent example is Phoebe. Phoebe is mentioned in Romans chapter 16. Phoebe was a leader and a co-laborer with Paul, and she was also a deacon, a full-fledged deacon with the same role and responsibilities as the men who were deacons. But for hundreds of years, Bible translators, when they came to Phoebe's name in the original Greek manuscript, they were so confused and their implicit gender bias assumed that Phoebe could not have held the same role as the male deacons. So instead of translating Phoebe's title as deacon, they translated the same Greek work, diakonos, as servant of the church. Why? Because she was a woman. So they assumed that she couldn't possibly be in charge to the same level as the men. Now, this original Greek term, diakonos, which is used for Phoebe, Paul refers to himself as a diakonos. In Colossians 1.23 and 1.25, the word in the NASB and the New King James, the word for Paul as diakonos is translated minister. And Paul explains that his duties as a minister he says in Colossians 1.28, those duties include teaching and preaching. Paul also refers to Timothy as diakonos, and that also is translated minister, and it's associated with teaching and instruction. Why then, when the same Greek word, diakonos, it's the male term, it's not even a fe- uh, female term, it's not deaconess like some translations have used. The word is diakonos for Phoebe. It's used in Romans 16. Why then for hundreds of years did translators translate that word for Phoebe as servant of the church 
It's because, of course, she was a woman. There's also Junia in Romans 16, 7. She is a woman, and Paul describes her as outstanding among the apostles. For hundreds of years, though, Bible translators who were, of course, male, were troubled with the idea of a woman being called an apostle. And so instead of translating her name as Junia, a female name, for hundreds of years, they translated it Junius. And they just made the assumption that there must have been a mistake. It must have been Junius, a male name. The assumption was that a woman could not hold the role of apostle. And so for hundreds and hundreds of years, Junia was written out of the text. Until recently, some scholars began to recognize their gender bias in the translations, and they called for these things to be corrected. Today, the NIV translation rightfully calls Phoebe a deacon of the church, and Junia is the name given, not Junius, as the female who is outstanding among the apostles. These are examples of role incredulity in Bible translations. It's a real thing. It's existed for a long time, and unfortunately, it still exists today. So what can we do about it? Okay, so I'm not here to say, so let's beat up on the men. (laughs) Let's just complain. Let's say, oh, woe is me, and we are victims. You know that's not my way. So first of all, I want us to recognize it is a gender bias. It is an implicit bias. Oftentimes, it's not intentional. But just because it's not intentional doesn't mean that it doesn't do harm to women and organizations. And so what we've got to do is just talk about it. Let's name it. Let's call it what it is. Let's come together, men and women, and have conversations about this to start to recognize and uproot it so that we can create more inclusive leadership within our organizations and in our world. So a couple of things that we can do, and these are some ideas that come from Deal and Dubinsky's article that I thought were um, real simple ideas that you may be doing or maybe you're not. Simple things like in your email, include your position and your credentials as a part of your signature just to encourage clarity for events. If you are an event organizer, why not include titles on the name tags? Because when people are networking with one another, this helps to reduce the confusion and that awkwardness of role incredulity when a woman is assumed to not be the leader just because she's a woman. So that can help just including the titles on name tags or or for meetings. If you are leading a meeting, or you have any influence at a meeting, where people and don't know each other really well, When you're making introductions, make it standard to include not only your name, but your title, the role that you hold at the organization. And then be an ally. And when possible, enlist allies. When when introducing your female colleagues who are in roles of leadership, include their titles so that it's clear. And if necessary, if you are a female leader, who experiences this a lot, ask your male colleagues or your boss to help you with this. 
my sister-in-law told me that her boss is really great about this and how when she is being introduced to new clients, he is clear to say that she's the project manager and stating really clearly that all questions and all concerns about the project should be addressed directly to her. Now, I wish it wasn't this way, but the truth is when a man in authority clearly communicates his trust in the work and capabilities of a woman, that not only clarifies her role, that oftentimes increases credibility and can help set the tone for a successful working relationship with other people. If you're a woman who experiences role incredulity, have a talk with your boss and your male colleagues. Let them know about it and ask them for help with this. You may even want to send them the HBR article, which I've referenced here, and I will link in the show notes and say, hey, here's a short article about something that I experience in my work here in our organization. And I'd love to have a quick talk about it and see how maybe we can work together to help eliminate this obstacle for me or other women and people of color in our organizations. So as we bring this discussion to a close, I just want to say we know that role incredulity, it is a real thing. And it's not going to go away overnight. But if we begin to take these steps, and maybe others, which may seem really superficial, they may seem overly simplistic, but small things done over time can help to root out the implicit gender bias that still exists in many situations. And my dear sister, I want to remind you that when you are in a situation where you are misrepresented or misunderstood for your role, don't let that just go by. Don't just ignore that. Smile and correct the misinformation. Let them know who you are and the role that you play. And do it with a positive attitude. We don't have to be angry or upset. We know this is a real thing. And we can rise to the occasion. We can clarify the mistake. We can give the proper information. And in those situations, we can always remember that we don't need to take it personally because we don't have to be validated by any human being that we are worthy, we are capable, we are gifted and called to the work that we are doing because we are daughters of God with the same spirit that our brothers have that has gifted us to do the work that God has called us to do. So step into your role. Develop your gifts and serve and lead to the best of your abilities because when women rise, everyone wins. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with other women in your network. For more information about me and the work that I do, check out JeanetteCochran.com. And I'd love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social. You can find me on Facebook at Coach or Instagram at Jeanette.Cochran.com.